Hello. Good morning. It's always joy to stand before you and, and share and bring the word of God each and every Sunday. Um, my wife and I and the boys, we are so grateful to be part of the Kerrang community. And uh, I just want to appreciate the, the leadership for the trust. And for each of us, the trust you put in us to be able to, to share with us the word of God. And uh, I just have a quick question for each of you. How do you measure how do you measure your spiritual growth? How do you measure your spiritual growth as an individual, as a person, as a family, as a church, as a, as a community? How do we measure our spiritual growth in our journey, in our lives? And, 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 and when I think about that, um, I find myself with lots of questions and uh, myself and a number of um, the elders and part of the leadership, we've been talking about reviewing the, the vision of the church, looking at the areas of ministry, because we do believe that God has not, is not done with us yet. We are not yet there. There's still more that God wants to do with us as a church. And we've been looking at that, asking God, what is it that you want to do with the Karang Baptist Church? What is it that you want to strain our hearts that will move us forward? What is it that you're doing in our children, in our young people, in our area of our ministry? So on this coming Saturday, um, this coming Saturday, several of us will be meeting to review the vision of the church from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And this is just a beginning, because I know this is a journey that we've agreed as leadership and as um, to look at this and ask ourselves that what is it that God wants us to do as a church in our community? So my question today is, how can I participate or have my say? You can write or talk to one of the elders or myself. Or you can email your views at my email down there. If there are things that God has put, has put in your heart for our children, for our younger people, for prayer, for Every area of our church that you feel God is asking us to do, write them, talk to us, come forward and let's exp explore what God is doing together. But if you're able to join us on Saturday or for other future meetings, come and talk to me at the end of this service and uh, I'll uh, put your name forward for that as well. Or talk to one of the elders um, that's you want to be part of this journey and, and sit down with us and, 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 and explore this. What else can I do? Pray. 
We're talking about prayer. Pray for me. This is the most important thing. Pray for us. Pray for our church. Because as I said, I believe there's more in the store for us. There's more in the store for us. That sometimes we can't see as an individual, but when we sit together as a team, we are able to explore that and see what God is doing for us. And today I want to share with us about prayer. Prayer is one of the hardest topics that pastors avoid talking about. Because many people believe that they pray in their hearts. I mean, if I ask any of us, you say, I do pray in my, in my heart, which is okay. But I also think about prayer beyond just our heart and think about how do we pray as a family? How do we pray as a church? How do we pray as a community? How do we pray as a church at large? Let us pray. Lord, we thank you this morning. Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, I thank you for your love. Lord, I thank you for who you are in our journey. That as we come before you this morning and share about prayer, Lord, I pray that you continue to remind us and guide us through this journey. May you help us. May you speak to us, Father. Lord, as I share today about prayer, I just want to pray for your anointing. I pray for each and every person this morning. That as we listen to you this morning, that Lord, may you open our hearts and our ears to hear from you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Before I share with us this morning, I just wanted to share with you our story. Our story. The desk you see in that picture, the photo you see in that background, that was my desk in 2000, back in Nairobi, when I was serving in Nairobi at that time. And at the 1st of December 2000, was that, I got the date right? Um, while working in Nairobi, because of prayer, God saved us. That our church, was, our church offices were put on fire. And was, we were locked in inside the, 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 the office. But we never burned. The Lord saved us. But we know it's a miracle. If you can look at that, that was my desk. And we were in that office. She can tell you she was lying somewhere in that. Were you lying that? She was lying somewhere in that, on, in that floor for about 40 minutes with the smoke and the fire. We had about 600 Muslims on a Friday afternoon after their prayers walked through the gate of our church and picked up all of us off unaware and they walked into the compound, they pushed the gate open and they came with the petrol and they emptied the cars out in the parking, the petrol and started pouring, breaking the glasses and pouring in the church, I mean, and in the offices and they put on fire. We rang the police. The police, the police got scared. They never showed up. We tried to call. We rang people. Nobody came for our savior because of fear the Muslims will kill them. We laid in that building praying for ourselves because nobody was there to intervene and help us. And they were yelling and shouting outside. 
and doing the fires. So that was my desk over there in that, that, that time. That was just a new building. That's our church at that time. It was still brand new. We had just saved money, fundraised and put it up, plus a new office block. And we were planning to actually officially open it up on the, on the following Sunday and raise money to finish, complete the project and pay up the bills that were remaining or outstanding. And we found that. Those are how the office was marched with stones. Down there, that's the office I've shown you. This one over there. This is the office where I was. This one here. And this is where the fire was happening at that particular time. But everywhere there were fire. These guys were everywhere. They were trying to get in and kill everybody, as you can see there. That was a senior pastor, and that was his car. Then... On that particular day, all the cars that were outside were burned in that morning. And the following Saturday, all of us came together, staff and some of the church members, to do cleaning. That was cleaning that was happening on that particular morning. I think if you look at that photo of standing somewhere there, we're just doing the cleaning of the compound. People just came to do cleaning. There were those Rubbish everywhere, smoke everywhere at the buildings. That's our senior pastor in the hospital. He was beaten up. He collapsed. He had to be lifted by staff and rushed to safety before they kill him in that particular morning, um, on that particular Friday. And that was him at the hospital um, the following day. And God works miracles. That's the following Sunday after two days. The same person leading worship after being beaten up. He woke up. He came to lead, to help with the service on that particular Sunday. That's part of the, what happened. So as you think about that, I just want to share with you, there's power in prayer. There's victory in prayer. Prayer is so important in our journey, in our life, in our homes, in our society, in our church. Prayer is so important in our walk of faith. Prayer is very important. But my question today for each one of us, why is prayer? Necessary for our journey. Why is prayer so important? Because if we understand the importance of prayer, prayer will be our breakfast in the morning. Prayer will be our dinner when you go to bed. Prayer will be our journey before we wake up and leave our homes. Prayer will be our core values in our homes, in our church, and in our journey. Every step that we take we'll be thinking about prayer. Why is prayer so important for us as Christians? In Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 to 11, the Bible says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, 
and you find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Why is prayer necessary? You know, when you came from Africa, we met some few people who told us that in Australia we don't need prayer. Because they told us in Africa, you know, we, we pray for diseases, we pray for hunger, we pray for poverty and other stuff. That you guys are so passionate about prayer because there's a lot of hunger and poverty in Africa. In Australia, we don't need prayer. Is that true? You don't need prayer in Australia. That's what somebody told me. He said, you guys pray because of poverty. You pray because of hunger. You pray because of diseases. I want to remind us that diseases, you've seen COVID. None of us is immune to disease. In fact, Sometimes disease spares us in Africa because I think we had so much of it until you are so immune to it. <laughs> I mean, the people, the people eat stuff that you can't even test. If you eat tomorrow, you won't be alive. And look at the children on the streets. They're picking rotten stuff from the garbage. We call them street boys. And sweet girls. They pick rotten food from garbage. Food that has been messed up. And those guys don't even go to hospital. And ask myself, God, what are these people, what are these people made of? I want to encourage us today that prayer, prayer is necessary for each one of us. Prayer is important for each one of us. He continues verse 7, verse 9, it says, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him snake, a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Today I'm here to remind us that every Christian should pray. That if you want to grow spiritually, if you want to experience God in our journey, in our lives, if you want to experience God in a bigger way, if you want to explore what God does for us in the store, if you want to participate in what God is doing as a church, as an individual, then prayer is a key. For all of us. Prayer is a key for each one of us. I have not seen in the Bible where Jesus said that it's I who has given some the gift of prayer. He says all of us ought to pray. All of us ought to pray.
someone quoted this verse and said, you know, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? And what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. And someone was asking, if, if God knows my needs, why do I have to pray? If God knows what we need, why do we have to pray? Why is prayer necessary if God knows what we all need? I want to tell you today that even Jesus himself prayed. Jesus himself prayed. And you ask yourself, if Jesus was God and he prayed, how come we cannot pray as individuals? So I want to give us four things just quickly before we go home today. Just quickly, we run through. Prayer. We should pray because prayers are answered. I think for many of us, because you've tried before and prayer is never answered, or you've tried about, prayed about something and you felt nothing came through, you feel prayer is not for you. I've been the same. The things in my life I prayed for, and I felt God has not answered me. But you look at verse 7, what we've just read here. He says, ask it to be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. For everyone. It doesn't say some people. It says for everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door is opened. This is the Bible. And this is Jesus telling us. Everybody who asks. Does it mean that some of us will not, we've missed out on some things? It's true. Some of us have prayed for things that have never happened. Some of us have prayed for healing that never happened. Some of us have prayed for money. We never got it. Does it contradict the word of God? No. So prayers are answered. Jesus actually assured his disciples and said, if you pray, your prayer will be answered. So it's important for us to pray knowing that prayer is answered by God. And it may not necessarily be a yes answer. Sometimes it's like, wait. Sometimes it's a no. And sometimes God may just be quiet. But God is inviting each of us to Prayer demonstrates our dependence to God, a place of surrender where we submit the will of, to the will of God. It's about his will. But sometimes when I want certain things, I can easily say, you know what, God, how come? But if I understand that that is the will of God, then I'll be able to submit to his will. And that's why you say your kingdom come. Because it's upon his kingdom and the things that he's doing for his kingdom. And Jesus is the king of his kingdom. Doing what God has asked him to do for the kingdom. And the things I'm asking for is about the kingdom of God. Prayer opens our communication with God. Communicating our feelings, our needs, frustrations, faith, struggles. Asking God for help among other things. <clears throat> 
And this is where we learn to talk to God, understand him, connect with him, and understand ourselves. He says, ask. Ask. And you'll be given. Ask and you'll be given. And sometimes we blame God. But I'm very careful because I have young people here. I don't give them everything they ask in the house. <laughs> and they're smiling because I don't give them everything they ask. <laughs> it's not that I refuse to give them. Because it's not about what they want. It's about the priorities that we need to have as a family. The second thing is you should pray because prayer increases the awareness of the needs around us. I'm, I'm telling you, if you start praying, you'll start to understand. God will start to allow and open our eyes to see the needs that surround us, the needs that surround our church, the needs that surround our families, the needs that we need to have as individuals. He says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? Prayer creates that awareness. That you know this is the right thing and you talk to the Father because of prayer. You, you get in tune with God because you understand what God, what God is doing and what you need to be asking is in tune. Fifteen years ago, we, had, we were in a counseling session. I met a young lady. She came and talked to us. Their wedding was about in a week's time. And she came and told us that the boyfriend was about to spend almost ten times money to buy shoes for the wedding. And she said no. And it became an issue. The guy's like, this is my money I can spend. This is my wedding. I need to spend a bit more on my shoes. And the wife said, no. Why should you spend so much on the shoes and you are yet to begin family? Why do you spend, you're looking around $1,000 for young couples beginning family. And the girl is a bit worried. Why are you spending so much on the shoes and on your suit and other things? We haven't even gone for the honeymoon. We haven't even started paying other bills. But what I'm saying is, when we align ourselves with God, when we start to communicate with God and spend time with God, the awareness of the things that God is doing, they become real to us. The burden that God is carrying, it becomes real to us. The challenges that God wants us to see, the things that God wants us to see, they become real and we start to talk to God about those things. God's burden becomes our burden. God's needs become our need. God's, I'd call it frustration for the lack of a better word. The things that are frustrating God, they become a burden. And we talk together and pray together as a family. I want to tell us that God is expecting us to be specific as Christians. The trouble with a lot of Christianity today, because of lack of the awareness, we are not sure what to pray for. We are not aware, we are not sure what to pray for. 
Prayer is not about praying for 10 hours or praying for 10 minutes. Prayer is about being specific. When Jesus walked to Lazarus' grave, he knew he's going to specifically to talk to God about Lazarus. And he didn't even spend time and say, oh, we want us to sing. And then he wants to speak in tongues. And he just went and said, Lazarus. And he talked to God. He said, God, you've always had me. And he said, Lazarus, get out of there. And sometimes it's about knowing the need, being specific, and talking to God about it. I was reading about this story in John chapter 5 about this young man. This young man was unable to move for 38 years. And Jesus saw this young man lying down. This is what Jesus said. When Jesus saw this, saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for 38 years, he asked him, do you want to get well? Look at verse 7, what he replied. I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is tired. This, you can see disconnection. God is talking about getting him well. He may think about the water. Because he feels everybody is jumping in ahead of him. And those who are getting in ahead of him have received their miracle. And he felt the reason I haven't received my miracle because I haven't gotten somebody to help me to jump in fast and receive my miracle. He forgets that the man who carries a miracle is a man standing beside him. And that's how many times he forgets about the one that is carrying the miracle and looking at what others are doing. Let's be specific. The third thing, quickly, we should pray because prayer connects us with their maker. Prayer, it says in verse 11, if then though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give gifts to those who ask him? Remember Jesus emphasizing your father in heaven because prayer is about us connecting with him in heaven. He also talks about our father in heaven was teaching them about the prayer. Hallowed be thy name, God. It's about the relationship that is encouraging his disciples. Our Father in heaven. Prayer gives us that place, that connection with our Father. His kingdom becomes our kingdom and his will becomes our will. You can look at that prayer. The book of Matthew chapter 6, you find that praise there. And the last thing I want to share with us that we should pray because prayer is our only weapon. Prayer is our only weapon. You know, like I said earlier, when somebody challenged me about the passion of praying in Africa. I smile because I know that a lot of people at home 
the only weapon they have is prayer. Because there are many people in Africa who don't have running water at home. The people have traveled for hundreds and hundreds of kilometers to look for water. The people have to travel for hundreds of kilometers to get to a doctor. You know, here you can easily jump to the car and, and get to Bendigo or Swan Hill. If an ambulance takes three hours, you're complaining. It's true. We need to have the ambulance as soon as possible. But in Africa, we don't have an ambulance in many places. You're thrown into a motorbike. If you're lucky, some places to get to a hospital, the nearest hospital for you. And those of us who've been up there, you know it's true. So prayer is the only weapon we have there. I don't know what weapon you have for yourself, but for us it's weapon. This is the only weapon we have that we fight and we carry ourselves on. Paul says here that the weapon we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension uh, pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And to encourage us. And to encourage us that if we can take hold of this weapon, if we can carry ourselves with this weapon, Paul is calling it divine power. It's a divine power to demolish strongholds in our journey. As I finish, I was looking at a quote from Bill Graham. I'm sure most of us have heard him speak, and I like to read about this man. It's in the morning. He says, Bill Graham looks at prayer as a key. He says, in the morning, prayer is a key that opens to us the treasures of God's mercies and blessings. In the evening, it is a key that shuts us up under his protection and safeguard. Prayer is a key. If you want to unlock areas that things have been locked up, if you want to unlock places that we feel that God should take us, if you unlock doors that we feel the enemy has closed, and to encourage us to pray and to encourage us to pray as a church. We have the weapon of prayer, a divine weapon that can help us to step to places that God has invited to partner with him and declare warfare in those places. As I finish, let us look at this scripture from the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 26. In Genesis chapter 26, Isaac reopened his father's wells. It says that Isaac planted crops in that land and the same year reaped hundredfolds. 
because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and, and servants that the Philistines envied him. But I want us to focus a bit on verse 15. So all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the times of his father, Abraham, the Philistines stooped them up, filling them with earth. How can somebody be evil? Places where people are getting water and take soil and fill them up. How evil can somebody be to do that? And let's look at verse 18. It says that Isaac opened the wells that had been dug in the, in the time of his father. He opened them up. And you can read the whole chapter that they kept on filling them up and he kept on reopening them up to different places. You can look at the whole of that. He continued, the story continues. And I was asking myself, how many of us have the patience? You've dug, you've gotten the water, somebody comes and fills up, and you go and dig again somewhere else. But you can see from there what happens. Then from there he went up to Besheba. And that night the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bless you. I will increase the number of your descendants for the sake of my servant, Abraham. And Isaac built an altar there and called on that name of the Lord. You know, an altar is not a building. An altar is not... An altar is not a structure, an altar is not a place, an altar is, is that moment, a place where you, I mean, uh, yeah, a place where you've been praying and praying and praying and praying, and it becomes an altar. And you cannot do it in a minute or a day. You can have an altar in your home if you make it a home or prayer, a prayer. You can make an altar at your place of work if you make it as a, play of, a place of prayer. We can make an altar here if you make this building as a place of prayer. And to encourage us, make an altar for your life. Let prayer be prayer. Because when you make prayer to be what it is, it becomes an altar for God. It's not a pulpit. It's not a building. But it's that moment when you keep doing it, when you make it a habit, when you keep going back, and I really respect Isaac, he kept on going back to it. He kept on going back to it until he became an altar. I want to challenge all of us as Christians. Where is your altar in your journey as a Christian? Where is your altar for prayer? Our prayer life is like a well. For some of us, a well is clogged up. And I pray that we need to start unclogging it. 
we need to start unclogging it. Oh, you know, I've been praying this, I prayed and nothing happens. The Philistines will not stop. They'll come and put in the soil. Every time you, you dig another well, they come and put in the soil. I want to challenge you, I want to encourage you. Move to somewhere else and dig another one. Keep digging. Don't stop. As a church, I want to encourage us, let's keep digging. Let's keep digging. Let's keep going there until it becomes an altar as a church. And for some of us, you've been digging your well in the wrong places. Think of Isaac. There are places he was building an altar, but there was a place he was digging the well, but God did not have an altar there. The presence of God did not appear there. Until when he moved to this place and he dug the well and nobody was calling him and the presence of God came and the altar was put together. So sometimes you're digging the altar in the wrong place. And that's what I said, find your connection, find your relationship, get the awareness of what God is doing, that when you build, when you start to put on that altar, when you start digging your altar, you find yourself digging the right place, and the presence of God will come and surround you, and that place will become an altar for you, and your prayer life will never be the same. And to pray, for those who have been praying, my prayer that keep, keep digging. Keep digging. Tim, keep digging. <laughs> Heather, keep digging. <laughs> Who else is digging? I want to tell you, keep digging. One day it will become an altar for you. One day it will become an altar for God. One day it will be a place where you and God come together and have fellowship. One day will come a place where you and God will come together and have that connection. One day it will be a place where you and God will come together and experience one another and enjoy the friendship. Let us stand on our feet as the worship comes back. I want to pray for you today that your prayer life will never be the same again. I want to pray that as we move from this place, that your journey will never be the same. I want to pray that your life that God has put in you will never be the same again. Father, thank you. Lord, we thank you because of your love for us. Lord, we thank you because of who you are in our lives, oh God. The many of us have been digging and we feel that it's just too much. Some of us have been digging and are feeling no. I can't continue, I don't have the energy. And some of us, our wells have been clogged by dust and other things that is embarrassing even to try and remove them from there. But I know, God, you are able to unclog that soil, that dust that is covering these wells. And I pray, God, that your people will be a place where the well be flowing with water, clean water for you. I pray for our church today. I pray that this place will not be clogged by dust. This place will not be clogged by things that will prevent you from 
bringing your water to your people. <clears throat> May you help us to continue digging as a church. Help us to continue digging and help us to be digging in the right places. That those who've been praying for change, that those who've been praying for revival, that those who've been praying for healing, that those who've been praying for miracles, that those who've been praying for your experience in this place, that those who've been praying for different things in this place and they're feeling like they're tired. But today I want to pray that God may you help us to continue digging. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Welcome, Heather.